Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and compadre, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Oh, pretty good, Gary. Um, yeah, we've got a lockout, but that doesn't mean we can't talk baseball. And we are in control, for better or worse, so... Yeah, the entire baseball world right now is pretty much Mets hires and minor league stuff going on. So yep. that's, that's kind of everything. Oh, I guess in uh, reporters getting let go from part-time jobs and everybody losing their minds about it. So um, before we get too far down the rabbit hole here today, let's, let's make sure that everybody gets right up top here. Uh, the live uh, Pirates Fan Forum is going to be on January 22nd at the North Shore Tavern. A lot of you know about it, um, but the more the merrier. We really think it's going to be a good time down there. A lot of audience participation. We really want to get as many of you on as we can. And uh, we're really looking forward to meeting a lot of you in person for the first time. So, uh, Jim, any any words to add to that? No, I just think that anytime we have gotten together with anybody down there and uh, end up talking about the Pirates or whatever, Pittsburgh-related or sports-related, we always end up spending more time than we think we will. It's fun to meet people, (laughs) hear people's thoughts on things. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's January 22nd at 2 p.m. And I don't want to hear about it's too cold or, you know, (laughs) all that stuff. You're from Pittsburgh. Be tough, handle it, get down there, come say hi, and um, we'll see if you get on the show. Yeah, it should be a good time, and I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, I found it's a great place to lure my wife to business meetings by just offering her steak on a stone while I'm talking. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's um, that's quite, <laughs> quite a, a good bait there. So, Jim, today I thought <clears> – <throat> We, we have to touch on a subject that neither of us really have paid all that much attention to because we both feel pretty much the same way about the Hall of Fame vote. You know, it, we're going to we're going to find out pretty soon who who's gotten elected. And based on everything I'm reading, it's starting to look an awful lot like David Ortiz is going to be the only selection on that ballot that actually yep. wins. <sighs> What does that say to you? I mean, how do you feel about this whole thing? And and if you feel like we can't avoid answering the question about bonds or whoever, have at it. I'll, I'll answer it. But what do you think? Yeah, you know, um, it's funny because every year we, we, we seem to be going through this. Um, and it's, it, it's getting a lot of play right now because of obviously the names. I mean, my goodness, you're talking – some of My the games, childhood's on that ballot uh, this year. Yeah, the game's great, right? At least from, from our generation. Sure. Um, you know, you're talking Clemens, you're talking Bonds. Like you said, Ortiz is probably going to be, be getting in. Um, Sosa, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, Schilling, um, who, uh, who truthfully, I think he's more borderline than maybe some people do just based on his baseball merits but um you know we get into politics with all that and um yeah you know um the cheating really really confuses it for people um i would say this and i am i am just going to jump right into the bonds thing um and i think i mentioned this to you before i have a hard time not putting the greatest baseball player i've ever seen play not in the hall of fame and I know many, many people feel strongly against it. I know DK is even really adamant about it. You know, he's he, he cheated. He shouldn't be in. But um, at the end of the day, these guys, if they get in, great. If they don't, for me, it doesn't really personally change what I've thought about them and, and how I view some of their their accomplishments and the kind of ball players that they were. So... I mean, that's where I'm at. I mean, what, what do you think about it all? I mean, I think I'll answer Bonds the same way I'll answer it for Clemens because 
that's my favorite pitcher growing up. I literally have his baseball cards from his rookie year through like 95. So, right. Um, he's somebody that I, that I always love. That's, I mean, the Red Sox were my cheat team forever when I was a kid because of that. So, um, I guess to me, it's hard to envision a, a hall of fame that doesn't have him in it. I, I, I think it's fair to separate the conversation though. Like, like Dayon's about the way he votes. He's voting based on the rules that MLB and the Hall of Fame have put out there. So I guess for doing the right thing in his eyes, it's following those rules to the letter of the law. Okay. I mean, like, I can't argue with that. That's that's reading what you're supposed to do and doing what you think you're supposed to do. To me, there's gray areas as soon as you have things like false tests, which some of these guys have run into. Uh, Ortiz is one of those guys, you know, <laughs> supposedly right. failed a false test and or had, had a positive on a test. And, and the league basically, even Manfred himself tried to brush it under the rug because he was part of this group that was shaky. Braun said he had a fake test, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, how do you, how do you make that distinction on every single guy? Barry Bonds is kind of easy, pretty celebrated cheater. There's a book out there, very much so detailing what he's done. All right. It's it's really not even up for debate. He, he cheated, I think. But I don't know. I, I think it gets really, really hairy quick when you start talking about some of those lesser celebrated guys that may have cheated. You know? <laughs> what do you yep. what do you think of that uh fly in the ointment? Because I think it changes the discussion a little bit. If you just take it, take it from a purely he should be in the Hall of Fame standpoint to, mm-hmm. okay, it's the rules. Maybe those rules are what people should be attacking as opposed to individual journalists. Well, I think I think the other big aspect of this is um, that no one talks about, and certainly uh, the writers don't that have votes, and I'm by no means implying that DK does, does this, but I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of uh, personal stuff here too. Um, baseball sure. is is famous for that, and um, some of the other sports. Oh, that's too. the that's the shilling holdup, really. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Where you can make a baseball argument, he shouldn't be in. I too think he's borderline. You know, yeah. Uh, I'd probably give him the nod, but I too don't think it's a slam dunk. So I'm open to him legitimately not getting enough votes. But I, I think if you're clear-eyed enough, which I'm not because my cat slept on my head last night, <laughs> but <laughs> if you're clear-eyed enough, you can see that uh, there was probably a little bit of um, we don't like the way you speak and the way you think in that vote, if he doesn't I'm, make I mean, person personal uh, clashes and whether people are liked play a huge part of it. Um David Ortiz is a great example of that. I mean, he is a big, likable, fun-loving guy, and people seem to like him um, a lot. And I think that plays heavily in his favor. Yeah. And uh, but I think if you take a look at his career and some of the things with him, I mean, it should raise an eyebrow too. So, but we don't talk about that because he's kind of larger than life and liked. So I wish we could get that aspect out of the way. It'll never happen. It's the human element to things. I mean, right. we've just seen the whole Aaron Rodgers dust up here in in football with the MVP, and a guy's not going to like him, uh, vote for him because he thinks he's a jerk. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just I, – I do think it becomes a big gray area. And it I think becomes that a- we're, we're watching a sport that's transitioning largely to analytics based for everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the end of your completely analy- analytics driven career in which you were told how many innings you could pitch and how many guys you could throw this pitch to per sequence and, you know, shifts and everything else that, that goes into baseball nowadays, you're going to get to the very end and all of a sudden then it's about, personalities and people judging your character. Yeah. And, and 
you That's know, a lot of that. It, it, excuse me. A lot of that. It's true. A lot of it is their fault. So, I mean, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over it. Players chose to get into some of that stuff and some didn't. And um, at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to, I mean, look at a guy like Rafael Palmero. If you look at his numbers, I mean, across the board, man, that guy isn't talked about as one of the greatest hitters. But, um, you know, he stood in front of uh, Congress and wagged his finger and, and did all that. So I think for some guys, it's a really easy call. And for others, uh, when you're sitting there trying to make, you know, a determination, that's when it gets really sticky for me. Exactly. Um, so. Well, man, that's enough hall talk for me for about a decade or so. Let's go. Hey, ahead we, didn't, and- <laughs> we didn't even mention Pete Rose, so we did okay. We did okay. Oh, I, I, I guess I let I let the whole Pete Rose controversy die ten years ago. I'm, <laughs> I'm just getting I'm just catching up on Barry Bonds at, as his ends. But um, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk uh, a little bit more about some baseball's controversies. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. And uh, before we dive in here, I'm just going to remind everybody who listens to us on podcasts, this is available on YouTube as well. Check it out if you get a chance. Um, Jim and I put a lot of time into our makeup and our lighting needs (laughs) and, you know, um, people to do our hair extensions and everything Mm -hmm. else. You know, don't make it a complete waste of time. Yes, yeah, people think that, check it out, Gary. People think this is people think this is easy. It's not. <laughs> Plus, we do the uh, the live chat during it at two o'clock uh, when it premieres. So it, it's just a cool way to interact with us. Uh, on top of everything else, we give you on Twitter. That's another way you can get a hold of us right away and tell us our opinions stink immediately. We ain't hard so, to find. <laughs> we just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but Jim, the thing that I keep seeing, and, and I just read this piece by Jeff Passan, where he was saying basically to the players, one of the biggest issues they have is is to get tanking out of the game. You know, it's it's something that the players feel is rampant. So I guess the topic I wanted to discuss today, and I certainly have my own opinion on this, is is tanking a real and solvable issue in baseball. I I understand the optics of a team rebuilding and what that looks like. I completely get that. I do. But as currently constructed, I really don't know how teams get around that at some point, even if they have a lot of money, you know, what do you, at some point you got to play, you got to play kids, which is another thing that major league baseball players really want to see more of is getting the kids up here and not have their time manipulated, get them paid earlier which would kind of counter that a little bit, wouldn't it? It shows just how much of a mess it is. I think just right there with what you said is, okay, we want this, but we also want this. Those two things don't really live in the same room. Right. Uh, certainly in, in Major League Baseball with how you know the economic system is constructed. Uh, certainly. Um, like We have to say, too, that the manipulation happens. We see it all the time. We know it's true. Sure. We know it's happening. And and I hate it. I don't want it to happen. I don't want to watch anybody sit down in the minor leagues when they could be playing up here. I don't think that's good for the game. But to play young players, you are sometimes going to take a hit in talent for a minute. And that may look like tanking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can you can call it tanking. I mean, teams call it strategy. Um, and here's the thing too: like the the interesting thing is, it's not just the the bad teams or quote unquote poor organizations that are doing it. Right. So, I mean, that right there gives you an indication of um, it's not just as simple as 
oh, it's all the bad teams and it's all the teams that never try to win. No, you've seen, I mean, there's been how many examples lately? Um, I mean, the Cubs did it. Sure. The Astros did it. Um, the Cubs did it to get where they were in the first place to be able to do it again this time. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about teams that have have money that can do things, and they still chose that route. Right. Um, the Braves are, you know, probably the most recent example of, yeah, it was a little different how it played out. But at the same time, that's what they were trying to accomplish. And when teams figure out that you can do it, and especially if you have a little bit of cash in your pocket, right. you can maybe even do it quicker. You know, you're talking maybe two-year turnaround. Like the Padres. You know, like the Padres. You know, yeah. so uh, the Astros, I think, are a prime example of that is they bottomed out and they they, they cut it down um, to the bare bones. And what, a couple years later, they were competing. So, you know, when when those teams are starting to do it, then baseball knows there's a real, real problem. Well, from a player's perspective, you know, I can understand why they would look at at the payroll of of a team like the Cubs right now and think that's ridiculous because Mm -hmm. they know that market size. They know what the Cubs have done very recently. They know what the Cubs are capable of. Right. So I can understand going, oh, man, that that just doesn't look right. But don't don't the salaries kind of just move around to somewhere else? I mean, like. The Cubs moved that salary. Somebody is paying those players and or those players are just entering free agency and about to get way more than they were making with the Cubs somewhere else or potentially even back with the Cubs. And that salary just transfers elsewhere. It's not like it just disappears forever. Look, guaranteed contracts. I mean, they're guaranteed contracts. Exactly. The money is not leaving the player pool is my point. They just don't like seeing that low sal- that low salary level in, in any of these big cities, I think. I think they could care less what Tampa and Pittsburgh are doing, Baltimore. I think it's when, when they see it start happening in a place like Chicago. Yeah. I think that's what lights a fire under their butt. And when it's the right side of Chicago in particular. Because nobody really was up in arms when the South Side did it. Yeah, and they're another example of look where it's look where it's headed. You exactly. know, the White Sox. Yeah. So, so tanking is a thing, but <clears throat> how you take how do you take that out of the game? It, that's a great question because and, and it's funny, um, you know, the more I was thinking of it, it is really hard to find a solution for it um, based upon how the game is currently constructed as far as from an economic standpoint. And, you know, I see a lot of people, and I'm talking really smart people, smarter than me, um, which maybe isn't that hard, uh, talking about this uh, impacting the draft, right? I mean, it's just constantly what you see. And when I say impacting the draft, I'm talking about penalizing teams, for a number of games they lose or the amount of money they're spending, order of finish, and um, possibly um, dropping teams in the draft or taking draft picks away from teams. And, man, I, I guess I see that as like a minor attempt to adjust it, but I don't know that it takes some teams and just drastically alters what they're going to do. Um, if you did that, I it's, it's, first of all, it's a baseball draft. We're not talking the NBA lottery here. Yeah. And you know, some of these You're guys, talking years before you even feel a draft, you know? Right. So, so you know, that I see that me a the, little bit. That scares me that idea because, and it's not just from a pirate's perspective. It's, I think what that does is have have a converse effect on young players than they think will actually happen. I think what that would present is a risk level so frightening to to teams that I'm not sure how likely you are to see two or three rookie starters 
in a, in a lineup or a rotation moving forward, if that's the case, because a rookie is always going to struggle a little bit. Most, most for the yeah. most part, you know, it's very rare when you have a, a pitcher come up and look like the peak of what he's going to be as a, as a rookie, you know, it's mm-hmm. just not something that happens an awful lot. So I think it could actually give even tighter sphincters to people that have tight sphincters right now for moving guys up from the minors. Because if you're going to penalize me for losing, it certainly isn't going to be because I needed to play that young kid. Yeah. And, and if it, and if, and if the reward still outweighs the punishment at the end of the day for a lot of teams, then it doesn't seem to me to be that big of a, um, you know, uh, that big of a push to, 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 to fix what you're trying to fix. And I think the other thing about that is, is when you talk about the draft and what teams are going to spend and whatnot, I, I don't know that the system is so out of whack from the beginning that are we really even starting from the same point when we start to penalize teams? Some of these teams mm-hmm. are just going to be worse from the beginning just by nature of the system that we have in place. And so you're going to have a lot of teams that spend a lot of money and are probably never going to be in that position. So, so you'd have to have some kind of weird formula in place where it's okay that you lo- it's okay that you lose – as long as you spent this much to do it, right? So, because you'd have to insulate teams from, um, oh my God, my my ace starting pitcher went down with an ACL. Oh my God, my my biggest slugger in the middle of my lineup just broke his elbow. Oh my, you know, mm-hmm. somebody got hit in the orbital bone in batting practice. You have to insulate teams from from that kind of decimation that takes place throughout 162 game, if they are gracious enough to leave it there, for God's sake, 162 game season, you have to insulate teams from that. You can't punish them for having a bad season if it's injury driven. Yeah. I mean, imagine Think if about that the crazy lengths you'd have to go to to make this make sense. That's why, that's why when I keep seeing so many people point to the draft, I'm like, at the end of the day, won't we really just be penalizing the teams that were already probably at a bigger disadvantage from the beginning, no no matter how much they're quote-unquote trying? Well, um, I'm a firm believer that I can look at the major league setup after spring training every year, come pretty close to guessing who's like at least in the top third, who's in the middle, and who's in the bottom third. Right. Most, uh, every once in a while, you get the Giants, which what they did sure, last year. With sure. that, that but even the Giants, even the Giants were kind of picked to be near the wild card this year. Yeah, and 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 they didn't have a low payroll. I mean, no, they just surpri- they just surprised people with their on the field production. Sure, and they got lucky with some veteran pickups and some resurrections and things like that. So, yeah. you know, that happens on occasion, but for the most part you can kind of guess where a team's going to finish like before the season starts a lot of the time, at least relatively close, given or take a few exceptions every once in a while. You're not going to be that far off. I think it's a, another animal entirely to have anybody in that bottom third group that I just mentioned look themselves in the mirror and go, who boy, we the worst team in baseball this year. Coming right out of spring, because I don't think any of them truly can be professionals, either as coaches, athletes, managers, whatever, and truly believe that. Yeah, I don't think I mean, any well, of them can. That would be a huge disconnect from how players and coaches and teams think on that level, right? I mean, th- exactly. Everybody hopes their players are going to overachieve, and finally this year that guy's going to get it. And oh, he was hitting the curveball in, in spring training. We we feel good about him now. Oh, I really like the progress so-and-so has made. I, that's not empty in spring training. People believe their players are getting better. 
They really do. Now, you know there's a cap. You know that Kevin Newman's not going to wake up tomorrow and be Ozzie Smith. That's not what. That's not what's happening here. You understand your, the, your ceilings on guys, but to be tanking, you have to willfully be in that bottom group and go, yes, we're going to be the worst team in baseball this year. And I'm telling you, I don't think there's a team out there that does that. Right. I, I just don't. On the field, so, for sure not. So, so you know, if it's not if it's not going and 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 looking at draft, and if let's 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 say like we can take that completely off the table, you know what? I struggle to to think of options. I mean, uh, maybe instituting s- some kind of a floor to that you have to spend to a, at least a certain amount. Um, so you're basically saying let's jump right to curing the symptom because that's really what people are upset about. It, so in, but it, you would just change change the level of tanking. Now I, you're only spending a hundred million. That's the, <laughs> that's the new zero, sir. I mean, I, like, I agree, but I'm just I'm I'm looking for something that's realistic and that might push it a little bit more toward a solution because. Quite frankly, I'm scared that they're not going to do anything and, in fact, make it worse. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws right now, Gary. Well, I mean, this problem in particular interests me to no end because, like, we're just talking it through right here. I don't think there is a good solution there. So I literally purposefully put the word solvable in this because I'm not sure it's solvable. I hear a lot of little bits of ideas, but I can pick them apart just like you and I are doing to each other right now, which is the beauty of this conversation. Like, we're just poking holes in everything. Like, I'll draft lottery. Does draft lottery fix it, Jim? You want to nope. go back that route? No. Nope. I, I, it stops you from maybe trying to be the worst team in baseball, but it certainly doesn't stop you from trying to be in the bottom 10. Yeah. Right? I mean, like. And, and, and back to the biggest thing here. You know, we talk about wanting to model some things after other sports. This is probably the one where you don't want to do that because of the miss rate with players and that you're that you're drafting. It's not the NBA. It's not the NFL. You can't just start penciling in half the top of the first round as 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 major leaguers. There's tons of guys that will never sniff the field that are even you know, really high picks. So you're trying to incentivize something that's just not there in the sport to begin with, you know, threatening to take away a team's 20th pick. I, I guess that sounds serious, but at the end of the day, I'd love to go back through and look at that. And I just picked a number out of thin air and look and see how many of those guys end up being major leaguers. So we're, right. are, are, are we really scaring teams into doing things? I, I don't think we are. Yeah, I don't think we are either. And, you know, I, I understand the problem. And especially when it becomes the percentage of teams that are doing it at the same time. You know, uh, I don't think uh, teams like L.A. and San Francisco and, you know, even uh, New York to a certain degree – should really be all that upset about it because they're just greasing the skids for them to take their divisions. Right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess, what do you care if everybody wants to be the generals while you're the globetrotters? So, so what? Well, I think that's, what's funny too, about someone like Max Scherzer and man, does he always seem to get in our podcast somehow for not being, (laughs) for never, ever being a pirate, but he's pretty outspoken too. And obviously he makes the money and his comment, and I'm paraphrasing, he was talking about like, you know, it was almost shock that this is how it's ended up. Well, you know what? You shouldn't, no one should be surprised. Teams and people with money find a way and they'll find a way. And if this is the way to go and most teams have identified it or half the league has identified it. True. Well, what, what did you expect them to do? You know, so I, I just this, 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 
reaction that like, well, you know, we we just can't have that. It can't be the optimal strategy for owners, I think is exactly what he said. Well, of course it is. This is the system that you helped create. I mean, he he's coming from a team, too, that is going to be paying him. Well, I guess two teams removed. He's got a team that's going to be paying him through 2029, you know? And how old is he? He's 39 right now. Mm -hmm. But Washington uh, prorated most of his, or not prorated, uh, pushed most of his stuff to deferred payments. So they're going to be paying him until he's 29 years old or, you know, until 2029. Sorry. That would be like Benjamin Button stuff. Like that. <laughs> he he might but be able to do it. He's, he's actually anybody, that good. If he's anybody actually can, that bad of a dude. If anybody could, it's him. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're talking about a situation that it to me is circling the drain in many ways. I just I think when you when you're seeing such a dichotomy and such and, and issues like this that just under what the, all the other restrictions we know baseball throws on itself is not solvable. That's why we can't solve it because we can't crack through the outer shell of baseball's BS to actually fix this problem. Um, then again, and, has the NFL fixed it? Has the NBA fixed it? I don't think so. The NHL has a draft lottery and a salary cap. And so does the NBA. I feel like tanking still kind of happens in both of those a little bit. But again, like in NHL, they have a development system. It's the closest one as far as relation to baseball goes. It's not a quick rebuild all the time in hockey. So you don't see teams hunting for that number one necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the lottery. You just want to be in it somewhere. In fact, some teams get royally screwed in the lottery, Big to be time. honest with you. So I'm not I'm not 100% sure that I'm sold on any solution I've heard yet. But I'll tell you what man, we talked our way around that one and I really loved the conversation. I think when we come back from this quick break, I, we need to talk a little bit about um, how close we're getting to the reality of losing baseball games at this point because these fools still ain't talking. Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, Gary and Jim with you. And during the break, we were talking a little bit more about this subject, as we often do. (laughs) I should probably just not stop recording. But Jim has another point he wanted to bring up on that last segment now. So let's let's go ahead and and get into this a little bit more before our last subject. Yeah, well, you mentioned um, uh, Jeff Passan. And, um, God, I forget why you brought him up. Uh, Was... His article that he wrote about this, uh, the, the, the non-negotiations. Going okay. On. Yes, yes, yes. About just basically dead silence right now. Um, but he also, he also zeroed in on, I saw a video clip. He, he zeroed in on the pirates. Right. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but, and it went back to the tanking thing. And he said that, um, and by the way, like I don't know Jeff Passan, but he almost looks like a like a baseball super villain when I see him on any of these. <laughs> He's got like this perfectly quaffed hair, and um, so I was. T- I I generally t- I generally like his stuff, but um, yeah, okay. And um, I have so one like, fatal difference with all almost all national baseball writers. So, well, I I at least you know when it's a national base baseball writer, I I, I tend to take everything with a grain of salt just simply because we've talked about how how uh too close to the forest they are sometimes and 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 maybe are a little bit biased but he mentioned about the pirates and he said that the pirates receive 70.1 million dollars in revenue i guess i'll just call it that or money uh, before they spend a dime on payroll. And my first thought was that, 
question was, is that accurate? I'm going to, I'll take him at his word. He said it um, like as if that was actually something that can be tracked. And should teams be at least be required to spend that much at least on major league baseball payroll? Well, I, I, did, yeah, I just, didn't, I didn't see the video first of all. So yeah. was he referring to total revenue or is that revenue sharing figure? Or, he was saying that that was money that, that they're receiving from the league. Okay, so revenue sharing then. Yes. So, yeah, I think so. I think they should be um, required to spend what they get in revenue sharing. Um, I think, again, like that sounds an awful lot like a salary floor, <laughs> especially um, – you know, since they probably are one of the higher receiving teams, that's probably about what it would be, right? I, so, I think so. Yeah, I don't see why not. It's as good a floor as any, but I, I think, uh, I think anything they do like that, it's really difficult to do without strengthening the top end of it a little bit more too. And I think that's going to be the sticking point on that subject. Because the players want that reduced um, or increased. I mean, they want the, that threshold to be increased on the other end um, and the penalties reduced. So that's going to be a sticking point that I doubt they're going to come together on. I really do. And, and I, if, if you're owners, why would you put any kind of thing like that in if, if you're not going to get anything for it? So, yeah. And, and I guess, um, you know, looking at it big picture, I wonder, um, to me, it was an interesting number because I feel like in baseball, it's so hard to figure out what the hell is going on with these teams and their money. Right. But that seems to be a trackable number that we can get our hands on and at least pinpoint an exact amount that each team is getting. Now, see, I don't have a problem with that number because, as you know, I've been working on a piece about this for a while. So yeah, I have that number, too. Now, I can't remember where I got it from because my references sheet isn't right in front of me. But I, I, I've had that number, too, at my fingertips that I know roughly what they get. I'm in that ballpark anyway. Um, it's what goes out that can't be tracked because – you have payroll and, you know, Forbes will come out with their, um, their list of that. And, you know, I guess if you want, you can go and look at Ethan's spreadsheet, you know, and, and he'll be pretty close. He'll be within a couple hundred bucks of them anyway. So that number is, is that number, but as constructed with, with revenue sharing, they're not telling teams that they can't go and spend it on other baseball things. So like when the pirates do like these camps down in Florida, which one just got canceled for yes, COVID it reasons. But yes, it did. When they do these camps down there, that money could very well be coming from revenue sharing. Don't know. Yep. When and they do things, the rub. when they do things down in the DSL to improve that facility, that could very well be coming from revenue sharing money. Don't know. And that's the stumbling block really is figuring all that stuff out. And how can you say that's not, important for improving your baseball team right that, i mean it is a, it is on some level yeah now do i think it would be an easy and achievable thing to do though to be able to track that revenue sharing number and make that a minimum for your payroll yeah and i think that makes a heck of a lot of sense I it, really it was do. it was just a thought because so rarely do we get good numbers and so I thought maybe that's a starting point, but you know, um, that's just two level-headed guys that don't have any financial stake in things saying it too. So true, and and you know, that that fact being out there that there there's a number like that, it enables Major League Baseball to have a pretty major concession already. You know, they're going to pay for housing for all MILB players moving forward. It's the right thing to do. Should have been doing it all along. Glad it's being done. Nothing wrong with that. But 
the fact that the revenue sharing numbers are what they are, and I think it, it, it's pretty clear when they can tell them you you can absorb this, you can eat this, this won't this won't kill you. You can't sit here and look me in the eye and tell me that's going to hurt you. So you're going to do it. So they yeah, can I, do that right now. Now if if, the, if they legislate that it all has to go to payroll, all of a sudden things like that are maybe a little touchy. Maybe they maybe they do, do have a quota for how many hot dogs they got to sell. I was just going to say that means releasing a couple pierogies, I think, from the race if we have if they go that <laughs> route. So you know, I don't know who's atop the leaderboard right now, but maybe uh, maybe a couple of those maybe a couple of those guys are getting a little nervous. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a that's another touchy subject because again, I I think it's shady, and I think Major League Baseball made it and maintains it being that way on purpose. And I don't think that's a great thing. I think it goes right along the line with not having open books. So it's really hard to scrutinize some of this stuff. What we really want to say is that some teams are, are jobbing the system. That's really what we want to say. Pirates which, included. Pirates which, included. Which creates the distrust yeah. from the players. And that's why we are at the point we are at, which is what we were going to talk about next, right? Which, <laughs> yeah, is, which is, why aren't they talking? I mean, we're getting to the point where we're going to lose games. I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, I know, actually, you know, to refer back to Jeff Passan again, you know, he put out a date for him, which was beginning of February. To me, it's middle of this month. If I haven't seen some concrete things out there, I have no faith that um, training camp will start normally. And if training camp doesn't start normally, the schedule can't start normally. Yeah. I just see everything kind of getting pushed back. And man, what I don't want to see again is, is a shortened or truncated spring where nobody's worked up beyond three innings and everybody's (laughs) – and you're just doing this uh, conga line of pitchers and they have to expand rosters and we're still kind of dealing with COVID and it's just going to be a mess of a season. And um, I guess for me, man, yeah, but for me, dude, what are they waiting on? I mean, what are you waiting on? Now? Well, sit it, down already. Yeah. I mean, from, unless, unless something came out today and I missed it, I mean, not only are they not talking, there is nothing scheduled. Um, is the last I saw. Now, maybe I, maybe I missed something. Um, if that doesn't give you an indication of where things are, I mean, they don't even have anything on a calendar right now. So I saw something where um, today, just oddly enough, where okay. it, it looked like they were tentatively scheduling something for um, the first week in February. <laughs> I, then don't bother. I mean, we, we you know, we're sitting in the second week of January pretty much here. Yeah. You, you talk about pitchers and catchers reporting, you know, the beginning of February, people are starting to get excited about that, you know, and uh, I, I have fans all the time asking me like, hey, what, you know, should I should I book my plans for spring training? I'm always like, no, I wouldn't book anything right now for fun, let alone that. I mean, yeah. You know, who knows what's going on with, with everything. They might even allow you in the stadium. We don't know what's going on right now. Look um, around at the bowl situation. People are getting really hammered there. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I I guess uh, it just feels dire right now as far as that goes. And, you know, um, I hear like uh, – you know, people like Dayon, you know, they they kind of like give you a, a fake cheer. Almost. They give you a Bronx cheer about it a little bit. Like they haven't talked yet. Yay. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, I understand where he's coming from. You know, decimation, you know, hopefully they rise from the ashes and do the right thing. I, I get that. Part of me feels that. But as somebody that just genuinely enjoys baseball, uh, I'd love for them to just come back and get the game going again. Um I expected minor changes. Um, I think even minor changes, if we start crossing the threshold of like the middle of January is going to stomp on some toes for playing. So to me, they're either going to kick it down the road and do like a one year patch on it or do something very insignificant, have it last a couple years and come back to it because I don't see them solving these major problems without losing baseball this year. 
And I know that Craig and you both feel differently than me about that, that uh, neither side wants to lose that money. I think we're to the point where um, the negotiators chosen uh, to represent the baseball union are the types of players that legitimately don't care about losing that money. And the owners will not go hungry. Yeah, that's, you know, when we were just getting it back to the original question is, is why aren't they talking? You know, I I guess um, I always go back to the old saying, for me, I look at it, and if I'm looking to assign a bigger blame, I guess for me, it's the owners. I mean, the old saying is the ones with the money make the rules. And um, to me, they're the ones that, that hold all the ultimate cards in this. They have more right. finances to, to rely on. They're not, they're not going to be hurting as much. Um, they didn't get rich by accident. They're insulated. Um, so for me, I think it's stemming from their side and they want to put the squeeze on. Um, and the players are going to put as big and bold of a face on as they can right now. But at the end of the day, don't the owners, they're, they're the ones that sit pretty, uh, you They'll know, be fine one way or another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's only so far that you can push that before, you know, I, I think fans more than the, the few strays that come along and they're already on level nine pissed, but like fans will start to like, take notice and start to blame whoever's in front of them, which is either side in this negotiation. And that, that will happen come February. I think we'll start seeing real venom from a lot of people, but I always look at this like um, split government in a way, you know? Um, Uh Well, when you have like a president, that's one party and then both houses, the, the Senate and the, the Congress are the alter, the opposite party. I've always wondered why those chambers wouldn't pass things they thought were good and force the president to veto it if he doesn't agree with it. Have him on record saying that he doesn't agree with it. Same thing applies right now. If the owners feel like this entire process is going a certain way, start putting out proposals. Like real proposals, put out real proposals that you would accept. Make them say no. Like, and if they start saying no to things immediately, like they did with their proposal for the um, $100 million floor and $180 million, you know, luxury tax, they were forced to say no. And they said no immediately. Put out more things like that. So, you know, put put out proposals that, that really could actually have legs and make them say no to it. If you really want the public on your side, show them why they should be. Show them you're reasonable and you can put forward something that's actually going to help the game and the players. And um, show it. Players, same thing. Put things out that you could actually accept. Don't put out wish lists that are insane. You know, like you want the luxury yeah. tax raised to... 240 million and uh you know what uh players to only be controlled for two years after they make the majors or whatever come on now don't put out stuff like that you know be reasonable put out something that you could actually live with and and i don't care if you do that in public but like that's what they should be sitting there doing right now if they really want to make some progress as it is what they're going to come out with a lot of what jeff passan said Expanded playoffs, maybe a little bit of an increase in the luxury tax cap, um, maybe, maybe some kind of like weird fake floor yeah. that, that really won't do too much, maybe a year less of arbitration, something like that, um, or at least some kind of incentive-based share, you know, increases for, for rookies, something along those lines. And then they'll probably just come back and play for three, four or five years. <laughs> that's the, so why, why, why have all the drama if that's what's going to happen? I don't know. I, I guess it does. A lot of it just comes down to um, 
you know, they, they truly hate each other. <laughs> they truly don't trust each other. And I think they're both afraid to make any missteps and um, give something away that they think they didn't have to. And so maybe that's part of it. Um, you know, the bad thing about baseball is it, when we talk about work stoppages and missing spring training and whatnot, look, it's important in every sport. Nobody wants to miss, you know, whether it would be training camp in football or preseason right. in hockey. But, man, it's really, really important in baseball. I mean, when you've got, you know, all these arms and you've got to stretch arms out, build arms up, um, figure out roles, it is really, really problematic when you're talking about a, a, a baseball roster. So maybe that at some point gets some, you know, somebody's rear end in gear just because it becomes so difficult to get things together quickly in baseball. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's – I mean, I, I hate to be like that, but I, I predict kind of some dark times here. I, I just – I think they are at um, the boiling point on a few of these subjects. And I can rationally sit here and come up with a common sense plan, and, and it will be more well thought out than what you and I just rattled off. But <laughs> I guess – I don't think they have that level of patience right now on some of these subjects. And some of them are seen as world enders for the other side. And yeah, like, like doomsday scenario, things that they will never consider. Yes. So when you, when you start having things like that and you have people disincentivized from actually coming to the table, as I feel a lot of the players are right now, at least the ones that are in the representation circle. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like we're headed for uh, one side being really, really um, over the top and one side not being willing to deal with it this time because it hurt too bad last time. That's it. Well, you know, and I'll tell you, I felt a lot more confident about a month ago saying that I didn't think teams or players had the stomach owners to lose money. Um, feeling a little less confident about that right now, simply because of what's, what's happened or what hasn't happened. So, you know, this next month or these next few meetings, whenever they get underway are going to be super critical. I mean, if they, let's put it this way. If there is something like you mentioned about the beginning of February, and it goes like this, uh, forget it. Yeah. They cannot start on time. I mean, like, what would be encouraging to me is um, I'd like to see them come out of it with a couple of proposals that were put on the table or a proposal and a counter as opposed to somebody just putting their hand up and saying, no, it's off the table, like Tony Clark has been doing uh, mm-hmm. to some of the proposals recently. I'd like to see a little bit of negotiating and a little bit of back and forth on it. So maybe there's a little more clarity about what we're thinking versus what you're thinking. And it's not so, so cryptic as to how far apart these sides really are. Um, This is not as simple and cut and dry as the NFL was where it was literally just a percentage of the pie we were talking about. Um, And that's kind of the unforeseen beauty of a salary cap system is there is a defined piece of pie and it makes things like this irrelevant because you're, you're down to nitpicking about legalizing weed and how you punish PEDs and stuff, as opposed to um, pointing at each other and saying, you're making too much. You're making too much. You're not making enough. You're, you know? Yeah. And you don't, and you certainly don't hear them having to talk about in the NFL or about, penalizing teams for tanking because it's just not part of the equation as far as if you do that that's of your own accord and because you couldn't figure things out on your own but everyone at least had the 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 same starting point yeah it doesn't mean you have to like each other i mean like i think we hear people yap at the commissioner's office constantly in the nfl and you know brad marchand hasn't been very shy about 
you know, chirping at, at Batman and the dinosaurs in the NHL. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like um, it's not like they have to agree on everything. But when it comes to like the the big the big elephant in the room, which is economics, everybody gets it and everybody understands it because it's a very digestible and real provable number for everybody to play with. And I just, I, I think until MLB gets to that point, these things and these entities are always going to be at each other's throats. And there's just no getting around that. Um, they may find a way to peace this year, but I don't think it's a long lasting peace. Uh, if, if we don't lose games this year, um, I think we'll be having a lot of these same conversations the next time they negotiate. Yeah. And, I remember when we had Smitty on from around the 412 and you had made the comment to him about <clears throat> don't be shocked if baseball screws this up or makes it worse. And I just remember the shocked look on his face because you know, that's always the scenario we can, or a possibility. Oh, let's hope it doesn't come to that. But um, uh, we've been around baseball a long time. We'll see how it goes. It's on the table until it's off. And yep. Um, Especially you know, for teams like the Pirates, so we'll see. I it, I think we'll see more things said wrong by Rob Manfred than done wrong <laughs> by Rob Manfred, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Uh, he, he has a tendency to say the wrong things, but largely I think he's made a lot of the right moves, if that makes any sense. Um, for one thing, he's kind of set the tone and positioned the, the owners to be where they are and help guide them towards the wants they have right now. You know, so he's laid a lot of the runway for them being a little more firm on not giving some of these things up. So uh, I guess I don't want to hate on the guy just because he fired somebody. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons for me to dislike him personally. You know, he says a lot of dumb things. I just... I guess I'll rate him more by his actions than, than that. We'll see how these negotiations go. And people have to remember who he works for. Yeah, he works for the owners. So of course <laughs> At the end of the day. Yeah. So that that ends up being a huge factor in how he behaves and lays things out. And, um, you know, he's not just some big ambassador for the game like I think people want him to be. <laughs> well, I mean, before you finished that, I was like, I thought you were just going to say he's not some big ass, and then you continued. <laughs> I was like, I was like, boy, Jim, I thought you totally, I totally thought you thought he was that, but yeah. So you stunned me a little bit there with ambassador, but um, anyway, that's a great place to end the show. End the show so. laughing, I say. I think so. But uh, how do people get a hold of you, my friend? Yeah, it's um, first of all good talk today, bud. Um, yeah, brother. I, I love just uh, hashing out um, problems and seeing what we can come up with. But uh, yeah, it's uh, for the city underscore four one two, or at Jim Stam twenty two. All Pittsburgh, all the time, and um, always love talking sports with everybody. So. And and before we before we move on to to closing the show here. Yeah. Do you, in fact, know what happened to gone to at gone posted? Everyone on Pirates Twitter is losing their minds about where this uh, dude's at. Listen, I just saw it before we came <laughs> on to do this, and um, I hope it's temporary because he's uh, he's an interesting guy, and he makes me laugh, and we need that. So, but yeah, he's MIA right now. We'll get on the case, dude. I'll I'll be honest. If I've ever interacted with him, I don't remember it. I don't, I, I honestly, like, I was, I saw this name just like rolling through my feed today and I'm like, how have I avoided this guy? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Really, really smart guy, but also funny. And um, yeah, we need those on Twitter. So hopefully he's back soon. Yeah, it seems like everybody's pretty remorseful about it. I didn't see anybody saying good, so obviously, obviously, (laughs) I missed something here. But that'll be um, when we get kicked off. Oh no, that's not going to happen to us. We're we try to keep it about the belt, brother. But uh, hey, follow the show on Twitter at Pirates Fan Forum. Follow Jim. Follow me at Gary Mo two zero zero seven on Twitter. 
Um, I'm on Facebook too, begrudgingly. You can check me out there if you like to. And uh, don't forget to check out the show on YouTube as well. Anywhere that you can find it, um, we're happy to have you. And uh, we, you know, also, we, the show continues to grow. Thank you so much for yes. listening every week. Yes. It's, uh, it's awesome watching it happen. I mean, really, thank you all. And uh, without further ado, Ben, take it away. Yes, you're back.